What is up, girlfriend? Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Turk, and I am so dang pumped that you are here. This is a space that is all about real, from the heart, for the soul chats designed to help other women like me fearlessly pursue their dreams, build habits that serve them, and chase after becoming the women that the Lord called them to be. I'm going to get really vulnerable with all my soul sisters out there as I share tangible tools that will help women build the lives that they've dreamed of for the glory of God. We are going to have a whole lot of fun, keep it super real, share in some really great words and fellowship, and take action together that will make us really freaking proud of the women that we are and the women that we are becoming. Buckle up because here we go. We are doing the dang thing. Hey, Soul Sister, what's up? Happy Thursday and welcome back to the Hey, Soul Sister podcast. I am so pumped that you are here um, and just am beyond excited to continue our conversation from last week on marriage. So um, in case you're just now jumping in, first off, welcome. So pumped to have you here. I want to fill you in on a couple things. First and foremost, I want to let you know that we are in week four of our Relationship Realness series. So we have talked about singleness. We have talked about dating. And last week, we began the conversation with marriage. Um, This is a two-part episode, and you are jumping into part two two, um, which is a continued conversation with myself and my parents who have been happily and healthily married for 42 years. So if you're hopping in right now, I would highly encourage you to actually um, pause this episode and jump back to last week's um, and hear the first part of the episode with my parents dropping all sorts of wisdom on marriage um, and all of the things that it takes to have a long-term, happy, successful marriage. It was so good and it It's just such an honor and such a privilege to have that conversation with them. And I'm excited to just kind of pick up where we left off last week and just continue that conversation. I think this week's episode is particularly good, Um, especially there's some really great information if you are somebody who has not had a happy and healthy marriage modeled for for you um, in the in the past, because my mom really dives into talking about um, how that is the case for her and how she kind of like flipped the script um, and made positive change to have the marriage that she now has, which is an amazing marriage. So, so pumped that you were here. Um, it is my hope and it is my prayer that this meets you where you're at um, and that my intent with this conversation and what I wanted to do was really to have my parents and the model that I have had, I wanted to share that with you because I know that so many marriages are not like this. Um, And so it is just my prayer that this shows you that there is real happiness to be found in marriage and that there is Christ-like love to be found in marriage and Um, to kind of paint a picture of exactly what that looks like. So we're going to hop right in. One of the things that you touched on was having kind of like a balancing your healthy marriage and having kids. And you, and you talked a little bit about it, but I think that that's something that's really important to talk about. Cause I know for a lot of the people, um, a lot of the, the, my soul sisters that listen to the podcast, um, that they are either, you know, in the, you know, kind of starting to have families or that's something that they're, you know, looking towards. And I think that's a big question that a lot of people have. And, you know, it's something that they're thinking about a lot as they're trying to decide when to have kids and things like that is, you know, like, how do I balance my children and like the life I want to create for them and, you know, 
parenting them with my marriage and making sure that it's healthy. And you talked a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear if you had any um, additional insight. Well, I think the biggest thing is understand it's a shared relationship with your kids. It's not all responsibility of one spouse over the other spouse. Yeah. And it's a little different from when we were raising kids because we were, you know, not in the kind of society that, you know, probably the people that are listening to this are a part of, but you have to be in, we had to be intentional about multiple aspects that we were intentional that we spent time the with each other and our children together. But then we also were aware that we had to be intentional to give each other time away. Mm-hmm. And whether that was mama going shopping or me going fishing or whatever, we would make sure that we were there to allow that to happen that, okay, I will watch the kids today. And so mama can go shopping or go get her nails done or whatever the case may be. And then she would say, well, today's a good day. Why don't you go fishing or go do, you know, something, you know, some sport or something like that. So I think there's that intentionalness, but then there's also that intentionalness that we mentioned earlier that we set aside time for ourselves where we made sure the kids were in bed Mm. and not so late that we were (laughs) so tired that we were ready to go to bed, but we could just sit together and talk about our day and Mm -hmm. talk about the things that you can't talk about when you have a child there that's demanding all your attention because (laughs) they need to be fed. They need their diaper change. They need whatever the case may be. And then we even went beyond that and we're intentional that we would go away somewhere, you know, for a date. We went out to dinner, out to a movie. And that was hard when, especially early on in our, after moving to North Carolina with my job situation, because we couldn't, really afford a babysitter and a dinner. So the, the, what it was, was a babysitter and we went and had a picnic with the sandwiches that we made before we left, but (laughs) we still had that intentional time. And I think you have to be aware of the dynamic of the entire family, but then the dynamic of having your own time and, and not, not holding that against the other person that, Hey, well, you know, you have to go, you, you really want to go do, go fishing. Well, maybe that's my opportunity to to have my alone time or downtime. And then her wanting to go shopping or get her nails done or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I think it's, it's there again, it's that intentionalist, intentional balance of your yeah. time and sharing of responsibilities and uh, expectations. For sure. I think that you guys have done a really great job. And this is something that I was talking um, with Christopher and Rebecca about, and I complimented them on that as well, which is my brother and sister-in-law. Um, but that it's something that you guys have done really well too um, throughout your lives is that, you know, your children did not become your life. Like Christopher and I were not your entire world. We were a part of your life. We were a part of your marriage. And so I think a lot of times people get this idea that, you know, there's so many things that you can't do once you have children. And it's not that you can't do things. It's just that doing those things looks a lot differently, like traveling looks a lot differently. Going out to dinner looks a lot different. You know, having a, um, you know, a Saturday, like everything just looks different, but you can still, you can live the same life and have your kids be a part of it. And I think that's something that you guys have done a really good, did a really good job at, um, both as a couple and the lives that you, you know, your marriage, but then also like independently, you know, 
you both did your things, but like we were invited. Like I, you know, went to baseball games on Sundays with daddy or, you know, went and got my nails done with mama, like whatever it was, it was, you still did the things that were important to you that, you know, you cared about, but you know, you just let us be a part of it with you. Um, and I think that that's like a really big miscommunic or I don't know what the word is, but like we get the wrong idea about what having children and being married looks like. Having children and marriage, I uh, wanted to say that it is so important that your children see that you love each other, mm-hmm. that you want to be with each other, and that they see and feel that. And so, um, that because you were saying that children aren't your life, that that they're not just the center of your life that you feel that way when you have them, you feel that way. Right. But you, again, that's where some marriages start to pull apart is that it's all about the kids and you lose each other. And so, but those kids need to see you want to be with that person. You want to talk to that person. You want to touch that person and kiss that person. Um, You want that person to help you. The children need to see that. So that's a good thing you're doing for your children. So don't lose it. Don't just, yeah. I mean, the whole, your whole world is that baby when you hold it. Right. It's, it's just like, that's it. You're just like, how could I love anybody more? Oh, no, I still love you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you have to make sure that happens again. So much in marriage where marriages fall apart is because people become unintentional right. about Things that before a child were normal, before a hard time were normal, but in the hard time in having the child, you then have to make it more intentional. And you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for that other person and you're doing it for those children as, as your family grows. Yeah, that's you know, good. I, and I've heard, you know, you probably heard it too, mama teaching early childhood education for so many years, the thing that she has mentioned before is modeling. And I think what mama just said was that we were modeling what a family dynamic needed to look like. It wasn't just, you know, it included everybody not. And so we modeled the relationship that we had with each other. And we tried to model the relationship that each one of us had individually with our children. And then we modeled what our whole family dynamic looked like. And so that, that then that, you know, you understand that it is a, it's a unit and, you know, you want it to grow and develop and prosper and, and become, become good people and become another model for, you know, later on in their life. So um, it's, it's it's a, it's a unique responsibility, um, but it's one that you, you know, you you need to not overlook that it is, it is something that you have to, or you should um, do for your your children and for your family uh, totally. Yeah, I think that's so, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that that's something that is so important. And well, first off, I'm so appreciative that that's what you guys did because I mean, I you're like my standard. It's like, if it's not this, like I don't want it because you have so amazingly, obviously not perfectly, you know, walked out being a, um, like God fearing people individually, but then also like as 
a, um, in, in your marriage, like keeping God at the center of your marriage and all that you do modeling your, your life's loving each other, you know, as, as the Bible says, like men love your wives as Christ loved the church. Like the church was Jesus's bride and you guys have just done such an amazing job at that. And you have modeled so much like to Christopher and I, I mean, that's been amazing, but I want to note that, um, in especially you mom, like you did not come from that. Like that is not the the background that you had. Um, and that you did an amazing job at overcoming it. It's, it's, I think it's easy for like, when I'm talking to my, my friends and things, it's, it's easy for me to talk about this like standard of marriage that I have because I've seen it. I, I know that it exists. I saw it every day of my life. Um, I'm a product of it. And so it's easy for me to say like, this is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what it's going to be like. And this is what I think it takes because I saw you do it. But a lot of people don't have that more people than do have it, don't have it. And so, um, I think that it's just important to make a note of that, that you can make the decision to be different and that it does just kind of take that keyword that we're talking about of intention, where you have to intentionally figure out what type of marriage do you want? What type of parent do you want to be? And it's like, uh, there's this book, it's called Atomic Habits. And it's talking about you set a goal and then you have to have a vehicle that is the, the, um, the thing that accomplishes that goal. You can't just say you want to do something and then expect to do it. You have to figure out like how you're going to make it happen. And I think that you guys have done an amazing job at that, especially you, mama, because you came from a, um, you know, a, a tough background, um, but that you have really been able to do that. So what would you say to the, you know, young person that is struggling to come up with and, you know, how are they going to be different from, you know, their, their parents, broken marriage, their dad who cheated on their wife or, you know, whatever the the thing may be. You can't do it, but God Mm. can do it through you. And if you allow him to all that we have said about our marriage, um, would not be so if we both didn't seek first God. Mm. We keep talking about that, you know, he's more important than I am to me and putting him first, but I don't put him first. Yeah. I put God first and what God wants for us and what God wants for me. And that I could not have made those, I could have made those decisions. I want my marriage to be different. I want it to be like this, but I could not accomplish it without God leading me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a big enough person. I'm a self-centered person. I mean, I'm a human and we are self-centered, but if it were not for God in my life and me wanting to um, be the person that God wants me to be, I could not have done it. I could not have come from what I came from and had the kind of marriage that I have um, that was strictly from God. It was God's desire for me. And I wanted to work hard at it. When, when we know God has so such great desires for us, let him have those, let him be in charge of those. Um, I fail so many times. And when I failed, when I failed Roger, when I failed as a mother, then I was in prayer. God help me. God help me. Help me to whatever it was that was going on. Um, not to get angry because my child spilt 
food sitting at the table. Oh, there are three going to happen, you know, not to get mad because my middle schooler didn't do their homework. Oh, going to happen <laughs> more than I probably want to know. Um, you know, all those kind of things. I was a perfect student. Little, little, <laughs> little things. Yeah, but you shared yours with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christopher was the one who didn't do his homework. Yeah. I just helped everybody else that didn't do their homework. <laughs> cheat, cheat, cheat. But I, I, you know, long before I married, knew that I was I couldn't be in control of my life. I needed God to be in control of my life. And that and I really felt like that was what was probably missing from my uh, um, biological parents. And then in my adoptive parents that I could see um, maybe God wasn't first in my mother. My dad was first in her life. She did love God and she was a Christian and she she did seek to do God's will. But she always put him first. Um, my daddy. And that was not a happy place for her because that wasn't what God wanted. Yeah. He wanted to be first in her life. Yeah. Um, and. If you're seeking what God has for you and allowing him to have that control, letting go is so important and letting him have that control um, really not just every day. It's multiple times a day. Yeah. Um, I, I like in my mind, I'm always in conversation with God now. I wasn't that way at your age, but now, and if I could tell somebody something, if that's how you could live, always in conversation with God, and talk about open communication, always in communication with God is what he wants, feeling his presence all the time. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I wish that's probably one thing I wish I could tell my younger self is, gosh, I, I was at a, a preacher at a worship service, had everybody close their eyes. And he said, before, you, before he closed his eyes, he said, pretend, before you close your eyes, pretend this is the hand of God. And he said, I want you to lay in this hand and just lay your head over on his thumb. Now close your eyes and pretend you are doing that. And rest in that position. Rest there in God's hand. And when we think of God's hands, we think of what he's going to create, what he's going to do. And there you are allowing him to do that for you. And I can't tell you how many times I've thought about that at times when I've been stressed, when I've been unhappy, when I've been depressed, that, okay, just, just lay in God's hand. Yeah. Let him, not you, let him. And that I saw that in my husband, Roger, how many times he was seeking God and praying for me, praying for our family. Um, I'd see the hurt in his eyes when he couldn't help me when there was something going on in my life and with me. Um, and he gave me to God. And then I would feel that, that he, when I couldn't turn to God, he did it for me. Mm. So you can't, Make the decisions to change, but you can allow God to change. Yeah. I like that. That's the thing. I think that going back, like in reference to that book that I was talking about, where it's like that, you know, you want 
whatever goal you want this to be different. You want that thing to be better, whatever it is. So like, what is that, like the vehicle that's going to get you there. And I think that, you know, it's that surrender of like, okay, God, like, this is what I want. I surrender it all to you. And it's not just an, it's not just a word that you say, it's an emotion that you feel it's an action of truly like giving it to him and just resting in his peace and resting in his presence. And I mean, I am obviously way younger, way less wise than you, but I feel like I've finally kind of gotten to a place where I I'm trying to walk through that in my life. And that last year was like the first year of my life where I'm able to say that, like I did surrender it to him and like the fruit of that has been amazing. And so, you know, I'm hopeful and prayerful that I will also experience it in terms of marriage, but, um, no, that was, that was so good. And I thank you so much for, for saying that. Cause like I said, you know, I want to reiterate to anyone listening that, you know, you did not have, uh, you know, any, you did not have the like super healthy, you know, marriage example. Um, and you had, especially in your younger years, um, before you found your adopted parents, like had a, um, really tough life. Um, and so I think that that's really powerful and I hope, and I am sure that that's going to touch people that need it. And, um, just as kind of like a bridge from what you were just saying, and maybe daddy, you might have something to add, but you talked a little bit about it right there, but how have you kept God at the center of your marriage? Because you are saying that that is completely the, like where you're, you know, giving all of the, um, you know, success is, is that it is, from God, um, and what the two of you have built in terms of having a God centered marriage, but how did you keep that there? What did you walk out to make that happen? It just, it's just being that intentional to know that mm-hmm. you can't do it yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's been times obviously in our, my life, our lives together that we probably weren't where we needed to be with God and, and, and we strayed like everybody else does. I mean, that's, we, it's that human nature and, you know, and, but at the same time, God is bigger than we are. And all we have to do is ask him for forgiveness and he's going to forgive us. And not only is he going to forgive us, he's going to forget it, forget it. We have a hard time. We'll ask for forgiveness, but we won't forget. And yeah. so that lingers on. And I still struggle with that because I ask for prayer for forgiveness of things I've asked for many times, <clears throat> but you know, we just have to be in, intentional of saying, you know, God, give us the strength and the wisdom as we go and not just say, well, all right, well, I've gone down this road. And so I feel good about it. I'm not going to have to work any harder with it, or I'm not going to have to continue. Gave to it, it to God. Gave it to God. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just give it up to God. And that's all I need to do. Um, no, you give it to God then, and you continue to give it to God every time there's a situation that comes up that you need yeah. that. And, and I'm kind of like what mama said. I, I have conversations with God every day. I don't have many times where I just sit down and have an extended period of prayer time. I may sit down and you know read the Bible or read an inspirational book or, or whatever, but there's just throughout the day when you, you, something comes to mind, I pray about it. When I see somebody that is in, in a situation that looks like, you know, that there's some turmoil or something going on in their life. I just pray for it. Um, You just, you can't just say you did it and forget about it. You continue to do it. And the more you initially, maybe a young Christian has got to really, really work hard at being intentional about praying or having prayerful thoughts, but you know, it's a bad word to say, but it becomes a habit. It's hard. It's silly that you have to have a habit to, um, 
to reach out to God. But, you know, initially you, you maybe somebody's going to have to really say, okay, every day at this particular time of the day, I need to sit down and thank God or ask God or for guidance or whatever the case may be, but you just can't do it one time, one and done kind of thing. It's, it's, you do it and you continue to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's good that you just talked about all those things, because I think kind of what we're getting at is you've kept God at the center of your marriage because you have individually made the decision to keep God at the center of each of your lives. And so when God is the center of your life and you love God before you love your husband, before you love your wife, um, then that is the the secret sauce really to you know having a, a strong marriage and that when you individually do that, then you talk about it's. Um, and I was, I would say just from, again, having, you know, lived, been a part of your life that is, you know, praising God from all, for all of the blessings that you have. It's like, you know, as you're talking about your day, you're talking about God, you're talking, you know, you're, you're thanking God and that that's a, that's a part of it. And it's little things like, you know, well, thank you God so much for that in, in conversation that just opens up the just allowing yourself to experience the presence that he has in your everyday life that I think that you guys have done an awesome job at. And then obviously I know that you, you pray together, obviously, you know, church was a huge part of our lives. Um, and so, you know, not just going to church on Sunday, but being a part of the church, um, in things that you were involved in. And that was always a priority in our family. I think that's something else that, um, I would say just to add on to what you're saying that I've seen, um, as a way that y'all have kept uh, God at the center of your marriage is that like continued involvement outside of just Sunday. It's not, it's not a habit. Like you were saying, it's not, you don't just check the box, you know, you walk that out daily, um, all of the time. Um, so that was so good. Um, we have, I just have a couple more questions before we'll wrap up. But, um, so my biggest one is I'm sure people hear, you know, 42 years of being happily married. And the first thing that comes to mind is how, and I feel like we've kind of alluded to it, but I want, um, just to, to hear what your just answer would be. So how have you remained happily married for 42 years? Well, I do feel like all the things that we have said is the answer, you know, that God is first, that below God he is before me. Mm-hmm. I I think of him before me. I had to work at all of these things. Don't, don't think I'm just this amazing <laughs> person. I'm still working on that because, you know, I can be self-centered and think, well, he hasn't, he never, he, whatever, you know, and I can go down that hole of point, point, point at him when I neither, <laughs> you know, but I'm not looking at that or anything until I get so low that I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? Um, but then, you know, and uh, uh, intentionality. Yeah. Intentionality of putting God first, intentionality of putting Roger before myself um, and communicating. Don't, don't let things go any any length of time, you know, you see it all the time, especially nowadays with all the little word, little sentences and things that people put all over their house. And it's like, don't go to bed mad. Um, no, really don't go to bed mad. Walk that <laughs> out. Kind of on your wall saying that really don't go to bed mad. <laughs> Action. Tomorrow will be worse. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, you got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it all the time. And when you're tired, um, is he tireder than me? 
one of us will be less tired and the other one. And so the other one will do it, you know? And yeah, I can see that now that, oh, that sounds like, sure. Cause we've lived together 42 years that that's what's going to happen. But it happened when we hadn't been together 42 years because we loved each other. So when you're first married and when you're dating, I always say you're like crazy in love. Um, and you think it's just so wonderful and it's this amazing thing. And um, that's all you're thinking about is this other person and being with them and um, planning that wedding or whatever it is. And, you know, oh, we're going to get a house. Oh, we're just deciding to have that first child. That's all of that anticipation and craziness. Um, I can tell you that the um, restful and relaxed love is even better. That um, at 42 years, yeah, when I really think about him, I feel the crazy in love again. If I stop and think about him and those times and um, and then when he walks in, if I've been thinking about that, I feel it. But the, the restful love, like I was saying, you rest in God's hand. I also get to rest in Roger's love. And that, you know, that's making me cry. <laughs> that's how you make it 42 years. Get a little dusty in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it changes. This is what God really wanted. Mm-hmm. This is what he really wanted for me. Yeah. Because I didn't have parents who loved me enough to take care of their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then my adoptive parents, one of my parents, my mother, who would have been my model, put my daddy, her husband, before God. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that as a little bitty kid, but I knew I didn't want what was going on. I, I could right. sense that and knew I didn't want any any of the, the marriages that have been my major example. It wasn't what I wanted. Didn't know why until I was older. And that's probably why I didn't get married to my mid-20s. Wasn't wise enough to know I needed something different. Right. And I had to get wise enough to know that, okay, I don't want that. And why? But, and why? And yeah. why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I could say, oh, I don't want to marry. It's where, you know, what happened to my biological parents happened. No. But I'll hush. <laughs> I have to do that sometimes for this marriage thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh I guess the biggest thing is don't take each other for granted. Don't give up on each other. You know, don't, I mean, sure. We've been married 42 years. Does it feel like 42 years? Heck no. (laughs) Some people would probably say, you know, I've heard people say, well, no, it seems like it's been a hundred years. It hasn't even seemed like it's 10 years and we've been married 42 years, but we haven't taken each other for granted. We don't, we don't overlook each other's contribution to our lives that make make our lives better and individually or in our family. And, you know, I, my parents, there are things in my family that I did not want to have in my come, that I didn't want to be a part of the family I was creating. I mean, people come from good families, but they're going, there's things in their families that they don't mm-hmm. think are the way they want to raise their children. And that, and it was a good family. <laughs> and maybe their parents had a good relationship, but you can always look at things and you can decide to make it better and you can decide to do things the way you would like it to be done. And the old saying is, you know, do it the way you would like to have been treated in that situation. And so that's in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And so, 
and so that was, you know, there was intentionalness, sure, in, I, in my, in what I wanted to give to my wife. I wanted to intentionally, you know, share love and to provide for her and our family and, and, and do things that surprised her, you know, mm-hmm. come in, not expecting to receive flowers, not expecting to receive a candy, a, a, a great knee high and a, and a zero, zero, zero bar. bar. Yeah. And, uh, or yellow roses or a piece of interesting shaped wood. I mean, I'm married, <laughs> to, I'm married to a woman who thinks wood is neat, which is, I don't know. And, and she's, a cheap, she's a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, do things that you know that they like and do yeah. things unexpected. Uh, you're, you want to be intentional about making sure they're the center of your life. But you also want to be unintentional in what they expect, you know, yeah. do something on random acts of kindness is a thing going on that you hear about. Well, do a random act of kindness to show your love for your spouse yeah. and uh, and to see, you know, their surprise and their appreciation and the response to that brings you a lot of, you know, pride and, and happiness to, sh- to know that you have brought an unexpected opportunity of happiness and to their life. And who knows, that may have been on a day when they really needed it, but it doesn't have to be a gift either. Um, just that, that hug, that kiss, that smile, um, that weird little expression on your face when they say something kind of strange, like, <laughs> really, <laughs> that's what you want to spend your money on or really that's where you want to go or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think it's, just making time to to still be in love with each other and caring for each other. And it won't seem like 42 years. Well, there you have it. That was so good. Um, thank you both so much for just all, everything that you just said. Do you feel like, I mean, I feel like that was amazing. Um, and I think people will have a lot um, of things to think about and walk away um, kind of processing from this conversation. Is there anything else that you feel like you should leave us with? Whoever's listening, our prayer is that you get what we have. Yeah. Ditto. Lots of prayers for that. Yeah. I can genuinely say, like they joked about at the beginning, I'm not going to cry, but that it's worth waiting for. And I'm lucky enough to be reminded every day that I will not settle for anything less than this. But I hope that anyone that listens to this, um, it gives them a picture of what not settling, like the fruit of what not settling can be. Um, and especially when you look at my life and how um, blessed I am. And there's just so many things that I don't have to deal with because my parents had a healthy marriage. I didn't have to see divorce. I did not have to see, you know, brokenness within marriage and how healthy of a person that has made me. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. And so I, if for people that are desiring marriage and that are desiring having a family to not settle, not just for yourself, but so that you too can like sit where I'm sitting someday and say, I'm so glad that it's that, you know, they can be so glad that they, they too didn't settle. So I hope that this is just a reminder to not settle, um, and to wait for the marriage in the way that God has designed it. 
Well, that was amazing. Thank you so much um, for being here and for all of your wisdom, 42 years in the making. You guys did an amazing job. I'm so thankful for you. I love you both. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, girlfriend. If you love this episode and it's really resonating with you, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with one of your soul sisters or share it on your social media and tag me so I can reach out and thank you for helping to get the message out. I am the most dang thankful that we are on this journey together to become really freaking proud of the women that we are and the women that we are becoming. We are doing the dang thing and I can't wait to see where it takes us.